0: Good morning, Elizabeth Chapel family. We're glad to be with you today. Thank you for joining in with us this morning. In case you haven't heard, let me just state it again. I'm so excited. May the 17th, we'll be coming back to worship right here in our auditorium as a church body together. We'll be having two services on that day, one at 9 o'clock the other at 11 o'clock, you be praying about that day. I I just trust God that we'll have a great time together. Using the two services, we'll be able to have our distancing between one another and not be crowded in. And so you pray about which time you're going to come, either 9 or 11. And it's just going to be a great, great morning in the Lord on May the 17th. Well, Let's jump right into the scripture this morning in this time of devotion. We're looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be there today, but I want us just to ask God's blessing for a moment and then we'll jump right into the verse we're going to look at. Father, we love you and praise you for your goodness. Now give us guidance as we study your word and your truth. Your truth will set us free and strengthen us as we study your holy word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the thought for our study is... John 10, 10, where Jesus said, and he warned us, he said, the thief is coming. The coming thief is going to come. He'll try to steal your joy. He'll try to ruin your life. He will even try, if he can, to end your life with death. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come, Jesus said, that you might have life and that you might have abundant life in Christ. Well, what we're discovering in Ephesians 6 is a whole passage of Scripture where Jesus, in the Word using the Apostle Paul as the writer, is telling us how to defend ourselves from the enemy, the thief. How to be clothed in the armor of God. How to be dressed for battle. And Paul is using the example here of a Roman soldier and all of the makeup and the, the garb that he would wear, the soldier, and how he would go into battle wearing that, that, um, that armor. And that's what we're seeing as we're realizing we're battling a spiritual battle that we cannot see. We know the enemy's there. He comes against us. He causes doubt, depression, discouragement, all of these things to happen all around us and in our life. But we don't have to be susceptible to it. We can have victory and we gain that victory through Jesus Christ and being clothed the way Christ wants us to be clothed. Look verse 13. This is where we left off yesterday. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God. We're to put on all the pieces of this armor. Completely be dressed in this armor that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. We saw yesterday that we have a choice. We can either stand in the power of God and His might, His strength, being filled with His Spirit, Or we can try to fight the battle and stand in our own wisdom, our own strength. And you and I both know that's not going to work. So let's just explore explore for a moment this this battle array, this clothes that we're supposed to take on and and wear. Verse 14, stand therefore, and and here he goes now talking about the, the armament. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now today we're going to look at these particular two things. We're going to look at our waist girded with truth and the breastplate protection of righteousness that he's talking about here. Well, When you think about your waist girded with truth, I want you to think about this Roman soldier. He had on this outer garment, and this outer garment was loose. It was long flowing. He would wear it every day. But when he was getting ready to go into hand-on-hand combat, person-to-person, combat with another person, he would take that waistband that belt and he would tighten that belt around his waist and he is girding himself up and pulling all of that loose robe together and tying it down real tight and then when he got that done he's ready for hand-to-hand combat with the enemy that he's coming against there is the illustration that Paul is using And he's saying to you and I, when you're going to fight and go into battle against the thief, this enemy who's coming and opposing you, you have to have your waist girded about and tightened up with truth. Now I want you to think with me for just a moment very seriously about this word truth for a moment. What he's talking about here. He's not talking about the truth that Jesus is. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's talking here about your truthfulness and my truthfulness. Now, I want you to know that it is very important for you and I not to be a hypocrite, not to, be, to live in hypocrisy. We're to be people of truthfulness, people of integrity people of great Christian character that's what's in view here our truthfulness, now let me show you how this works for a moment When Jesus identified the devil and who he was and his tactics, here's what he said. He was talking to a group of Pharisees, and the Pharisees were not truthful. They did not have integrity. They did not have character. They were religious people, and they understood and knew the law of God, but they did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They weren't a people of truth, integrity, integrity and Christian character and Jesus looked at them and in John 6 44 here's what he said he said you're of your father the devil and the will of your father you're going to do and then he made this statement he said your father the devil is a liar he's a liar and so in essence Jesus was saying to those Pharisees you're not truthful people you're liars You're deceivers. You live in a life of deception. You see, Revelation 12 that we talked about yesterday tells us that the devil is a deceiver. Now, let me show you how all of this works. If I'm going to be clothed in this truthfulness, this waste of waistband of truth that he's talking about here I've got to distance myself from deception from lying from even trickery and trying to fool and trick somebody and make them think something is actually different than it really is truthfulness has to rule in my life even if I have to pay a price for it truthfulness has to rule christian character has to rule in my life integrity must be a part of my life if if i'm going to be clothed and depend upon the holy spirit of god as i wage this hand to hand combat against the enemy when i was a teenager growing up back in the 60s in the hometown where i was living there there was a wave of guys that would buy real good-looking used cars. They would go to a sale and they would buy a real good-looking used car. In fact, I, I bought some of these cars when, when I was a teenager growing up. My brothers did too. We all would get some of these cars. But what would happen is... They would buy these cars that were real sharp, no dents, clean on the inside, smell good, no dings anywhere. But they might have real high mileage in them, like maybe 100,000 miles, 120,000. And they would take out that odometer and they would roll that odometer back. And you could do it back in those days without getting caught very easy. And they would roll that odometer back to that car. It might say it's got 30,000 miles on it. It's got 40,000. When in truth, it had over 100,000 on it. And then they would take it and they would put it on their car lot and they would sell it for maximum amount of dollars. Now listen to me, friend. That's wrong. That's sin. That's an exact example of of what Jesus is saying not to do in this passage of Scripture. He says you and I need to be truthful, forthright, honest, a person of Christian integrity who is going to live life that way. Because you see, if I'm not truthful and if I'm dishonest and if I use deception in my life and I'm a Christian, do you know what happens? I grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I quench the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, I negate the Holy Spirit of God's power in my life by that deception. Do you know that that's exactly one of the tricks that the devil wants to use on you and other people and all of us? He wants to pull us into himself. He's the thief. He's come to steal from us. He wants to steal our vitality, our witness. And he will pull us in and he will say to us, You know, you can tell a little white lie. That doesn't matter. You can tell somebody something to make them think one thing when in actuality there's something else going on in your life. That's okay to do that. Nobody's going to be hurt. Nobody's going to know. Listen to me, my friend. When you and I fall into those wiles and trickery that the devil sucks us in on, we negate the power of God and the work of God in our life, and we're not standing with our waist girded about with truth. Don't do it, friend. Be truthful. Rely on the Holy Spirit of God. Let Jesus be your shield and your comfort and your power and your strength. Well, notice the next thing he says in this verse. He says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days. Stand therefore having your waist girded with truth, your truthfulness integrity, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this Roman soldier would put on this breastplate and this breastplate would absorb the flaming arrows that were shot. It would absorb the sword blows that might be struck across that breastplate in other words that breastplate would cover the neck down across the chest and stomach area it would protect that soldier from mortal wounds it would protect the heart the lungs the liver the kidneys and the stomach area from a mortal wound in battle And do you know what the Bible says here? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Do you know what he's talking about there in that righteousness? He's talking about his righteousness. So it's a little bit different. When we talked about truth, we're not talking about his truth, but our truthfulness. But now when we look at this word righteous... We're looking at not our righteousness, but His righteousness. In other words, the Bible says my righteousness and your righteousness, uh, uh, as it stands within us, is like filthy rags. Our righteousness is, is no good. In fact, the book of Romans says there is none righteous, no, not one. We're, we're not righteous people. We might try to act righteous sometimes, but, but we're not The righteousness here in this verse of Scripture is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. His righteousness bestowed upon us. Let me show you that in the book of Romans. Just quickly, I'm going to turn there to Romans 10 for a moment. And in Romans chapter 10, I want you to notice something that Paul says about righteousness. Now again, believe it or not, he has this same group That Jesus had in mind and that's the Pharisees Jesus dealt with the Pharisees about their hypocrisy here Paul deals with the Pharisees about their righteousness and the reason he does is because before Paul was saved before Paul had the righteousness of Christ bestowed upon him he was trusting in his own righteousness to get him to heaven and it doesn't work Notice verse 3 of Romans 10. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Now that's interesting, isn't it? He said these people in his day were depending upon their own righteousness, their righteousness. And they did not realize that That they're not righteous they don't have any righteousness and he says they're depending on their righteousness and are rejecting the righteousness that was provided by Jesus Christ for them and for us do you and I know today and surely we do that it is not our righteousness that gives us right standing before God It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul comes down in this next couple of verses, down in verse number 10, and listen to what he says. He says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Isn't that interesting? The Bible is saying to me that before I ever confess with my mouth to be saved, before I ever confess with my mouth the saving grace and confession to receive the blood of Jesus to cover my sin, before I ever do that, first of all, my heart must believe that Jesus is the only way that I can be saved. That I cannot save myself. That my righteousness within me is worthless. It's no good. God does not accept it. But when I believe in Christ... In effect what I'm doing is I'm believing that He died upon the cross for me and I'm placing my faith in Him and that is in essence I'm placing my faith in His righteousness to be bestowed upon me and when His righteousness is bestowed upon me then I am gloriously saved. Isn't that a powerful truth? For with the heart I believe in the righteousness of Jesus and then his righteousness is bestowed upon me. That's what we do in order to come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. So the two parts of the armor that we have covered today and we've looked at in this scripture today are these two parts. The waist of truth, the belt of truth that we put on our truthfulness And then the righteousness of Jesus Christ bestowed upon me, and that breastplate of righteousness is eternally secure and protects me from being mortally wounded. Did you know that I read one time something by Billy Graham? And he said, you know, when the believer dies... And they get ready to go to heaven. They leave this earth and they transcend to heaven. We know that's just in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That as that soul passes out of this life into the next world. And goes through the universe. Goes through this transition from life as we know it into eternal. He said the demons of hell. And the devil himself is there to grab that soul, to grab that person and take them to hell. But they cannot touch them because the angels of God escort that person into the presence of God. And because of the righteousness of Christ, the devil cannot touch you if you're a believer and touch me if I'm a believer. Psalm chapter 37, I was reading it this morning, and it says that the righteous will live forever because we belong to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Well, thank you for coming and joining with us this morning as we've had this devotion together. I want us to just pray as we get ready to close, and I pray that God will help you make a decision of your will to be clothed, dressed up, in the clothes that God has provided for you through the Holy Spirit. God, thank you for this moment, this time we could share together this morning. We honor and love you and praise you. Bless our church family with a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.